Hello, and welcome to our weekly podcast of Who's Here in the Hamptons. I'm Dan Retiner, your host, broadcasting from my home in the Hamptons, where I have lived for over 55 years. I've written a dozen books about this glorious place, and I've seen it grow through the years from small tourist towns, quaint fishing villages, and a summer playground for high society, to what it is today, a world-class resort for celebrities, artists, musicians, authors, and billionaires. In my podcast, I will bring you interviews with not only these people, but also prominent local people who have helped shape the Hamptons. Welcome to Dan's Talks. My guest today is John Katsimatidis, one of the most prominent leaders in the city of New York, who also happens to have a house for maybe 30 years in Quag out here. I've known him a long time, and uh, he um, has had an enormous amount of success in various fields. And I'll name a few, and then we'll go on to some specifics of these. Uh, owns a uh, supermarket chain. He uh, expanded that. He took and became went, went into the oil distribution business, having started, I think, with a gas station somewhere, then turned into storage and stuff. Ran for the mayor of the city of New York twice. Bought WABC, one of the most prominent radio stations in the city of New York. And uh, this is about as much as anybody could, any four people could do in one lifetime. That's, that's about the way I look at it anyway. And now I find out just moments before this podcast that you're a best-selling author. You're on the best-selling bestsellers list for an autobiography called How Far Do You Want to Go? Which yes, I we're in the bestsellers listed here. Yeah, there it is. Right like there. a box of cereal held up like a real box of cereal. <laughs> and and uh, you can buy it on Barnes and Noble, you can buy it on Amazon, or you can buy it at WABCradio.com and you get an autographed copy. And if you get an autographed copy and you want to resell it on eBay, you can get twice the money you pay for it. That's that's sharing the wealth is one way to look at it. Thank you, Dan. Dan, I always enjoy working. You're an official billionaire, uh, and and more. And there, there's no stopping you, as far as I can tell, John. Dan, uh, Dan, I always enjoyed working with you. We worked together through our mutual friend Jerry Finkelstein. Yes, for for, for a long time. Yeah. And Jerry, I love Jerry. He was like a th like a second father to me. I learned so many things from Jerry about politics. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. I think I, I talk about Jerry in my book uh, that uh, he was like a second father, uh, and uh, uh, we used to get together at the Yale Club along with all the federal judges and all the uh, all, all the uh, lawyers and everything, the Yale Club, and we was we would smoke cigars on the Thursday night. <laughs> and on a Thursday night, we, well, I never smoked. I puffed on a cigar. <laughs> and uh, and uh, we started about 5 o'clock, and by 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, if, if we ran out of things to, to talk about, we started to, to talk about the things at 5 o'clock and do a replay. I see. The book, I think, we, from what I'm told, I haven't read it yet, is uh, recounts uh, your beginnings uh, where you found your dad was working uh, as, as a as a waiter and as uh, tw like seven days a week, and you picked well, up. My father had to work seven days a week because he worked at Longchamp's restaurants on Forty Second Street and Lexington Avenue five days a week as a busboy because he didn't speak English well. 
And then on Saturdays and Sundays, uh, because I'm 28% Italian, so my father had to be partly Italian too. Uh, so my father would go to the Italian restaurants in Long Island City, Astoria, and work as a waiter and get paid more money. Well, uh, talk. Give me. Tell me a little bit how you started with uh, Gracidis. How did that, how did that come about? And then we'll go up on to be running for mayor and a few other things. Well, what what, what happened is uh, I was going to uh, originally I wanted to go to uh, West Point. I had the congressional nomination for West Point in 1966, and my mother cried. My father yelled. I was an only child. So I ended up going to NYU Uptown Campus. So and while I was going to NYU, I had to work part-time to earn a few dollars to put gasoline in the car, even though gasoline was only 25 cents a uh, gallon. I remember it well, yes. And uh, uh, But uh, uh, I uh, worked part-time as a grocery uh, person uh, in a store, and I ended up in my senior year uh, buying a grocery store from uh, my uh, guy I considered my big brother, Tony. Uh, and I made that place a success in six months. And I was making uh, four times what en an engineer would, would make. I was eight credits short. I never graduated. I stayed in the grocery business. And I had Jerry Finkelstein as a mentor. Yep, he can't and, 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 better than that. And, and who could do better than that? And uh, yeah. And I always enjoyed uh, be, you being together with Jerry. And uh, uh, he started all the newspapers, the Queens yep. uh, uh, edition and and the Manhattan editions. And and uh, and then uh, he, you made a deal with Jerry. What? Uh, yes. Yes, I did. And uh, I've never. In fact, I w I've been very lucky in all of these and the whole this whole time. But when did you decide you wanted to run for mayor? That's a big step. Well, you know, when when uh, Blumberg was term limited at eight years, in 2009, I yeah. decided I was going to run for mayor. And then Blumberg said, I'm going to run for a third term. Yeah. I'm not going to fight Blumberg. I said, yeah. you want to run for a third term? Go ahead and do it. I'll run in 2013. And that was the first time. The second time, I ran in 2013. And, you know, I was a a Bill Clinton uh, Democrat all my life. My daughter married a Republican, Ed Cox's son. Chris Cox was a lovely kid. Uh, and uh, to have peace at the, the Thanksgiving Day table, uh, <laughs> I converted to being a Republican too. <laughs> and then when I ran for mayor in 2013, I ran as a Republican liberal. Because why? Bob Morgenthau taught me how to take care of the kids of the inner city. And I worked with Bob Morgenthau at the Police Athletic League. And I wanted... I, another, another mentor. Another mentor. Yeah. And I, I, so taking care, running as a Republican, which is financially uh, a stable individuals, but also knowing that you have a heart and I have a heart, we love to help people in our cities and our country. So I ran as a Republican liberal and people loved it. And the fact is, uh, I, I lost the Republican primary. I was beat by not Joe Loder. Joe Loder, who's, I like Joe. He was a decent guy. But I was actually beat by Rudy Giuliani because Rudy was supporting Joe Loder. 
So and and uh, Hasner tried to convince me I should stay on the liberal line. And if I would have stood on the liberal line, it would have been Loda on the Republican, me on the liberal, and uh, de Blasio on the Democratic. Yeah. And I bet you, I, <laughs> look, I was good friends with uh, Bill Clinton. If he would have endorsed me, you never know what would have happened. Uh. We could have saved New York and never had de Blasio, who I like. is a nice guy, but I don't think he did a great job. Yes, I, a lot of people would certainly agree with that. Then, then you went and bought this radio station. Well, and you know, after I that. lost, after I lost for mayor, Jerry Crowley comes to me. He was at WOR, and then he was at nine seventy AM, and says, "John, people loved you. Why don't you have a one-hour show? Because people would love to hear you." Yeah, and he convinced me. Jerry Crowley convinced me to have that one-hour show. Then I went to two hours. Then I went to three hours. <laughs> then I went to four hours. Then Jerry Crowley, who was at at uh, at WOR at the time, they had Mike Bloomberg on every uh, uh, Friday with uh, John Gambling. Yep. You know, remember Rambling for Gambling? Sure. And and then they sold WOR. I started yelling and screaming at Jerry Crowley. I said, "Why did you sell it?" Mike Blumberg would have bought it, or I would have bought it. Uh -huh. <laughs> so we kept going and going. It was $30 million that the WOR was sold for, and I was yelling and screaming. So when then when Cumulus wanted to sell WABC for $12.5 million, oh my God. Guess what? I wrote a check sight on scene. <laughs> sure. We took WABC because I grew up with WABC. I grew, I grew up with Cousin Brucey. Sure. I brought Cousin Brucey back to WABC. Yeah. He's older than us. <laughs> and, 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 and I love Cousin Brucey, and he has beautiful music. And I took WABC from number 28 to the top two or three uh, in, in the tri-state area. And we are now on worldwide and in 50 states. And now you, uh, how how long have you been working on this book? How far do you want to go? I started lessons, to work on it. I started common to, sense billionaire. Yes, I started to work on it uh, with uh, 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 a writer. Uh, his name is uh, Ellis uh, Hennigan. Good guy. He worked for WOR at one time. He worked for Newsday at one time, and he helped me write the book. And I started before the pandemic before the COVID, and I finished after COVID. And uh, I wanted to, 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 to write it down so my kids knew where they came from. I wanted to write it down because uh, it, it's, it's just, before I got Alzheimer's, I said, maybe write it down to make sure I don't get Alzheimer's and can't write it. If anybody should be writing an autobiography, I can't imagine anyone who has accomplished as much as you. I, I've often thought you must have the golden touch. What it's like things Either just that or my maybe my mother from up above is watching over me. Uh -huh. I remember uh, uh, no matter how many times I got in trouble, I felt like my mother was watching over me. She passed away in April 1977. And I, I and business was tough those days in 1977. Uh, our wholesaler went bankrupt. The next thing I knew, 
A week after she passed away, I got a million dollar check in the mail from the IRS that we really needed to stay in business. And I looked up to the sky and say, thank you, mom. There you go. I never even knew that we were owed that million dollars. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, the, uh, that that can happen. Uh, I I once uh, went on a trip for- Maybe it was a mistake. I don't Who know. Knows? I don't know. I once went on a trip. I used to travel all over the world and, and I'd write it while I was away. And um, I got challenged by the IRS one year. I, I, uh, I put the airline of the on my tax deductions, and uh, when it got done, they did what they did for you, for me. They said all of this is tax deductible, all these trips, because you're writing for your newspaper on them. That was yeah. I was yeah. amazed at that. And I mean, uh, uh, let's talk at one point, uh, uh, Jerry Finkelstein had that had all the newspapers. At one time, he had to. The the uh, the the legal paper. Yes, the was, uh, New York Law Journal, I think it was. And then he signed no, the body. It was before that. It was the newspapers in New York. Yes, he did before, but he started out with some kind of union uh, newspaper, as I recall, in the early. 40s. The chief. Yeah, that was it. And and, and then uh, he said to me, John, you got to make an investment. You got to come in with us. And at that point, we got to work together at one point, and uh, yeah. that was the, the those were good days. You know why? I love working with Jerry. I love working with you, and and I'm out in the Hamptons for forty years now, maybe I more. Was, but I'm a, weekend, I'm a weekend warrior. Where are you still? Are you still? You're still in the same house, aren't you? Or, or uh, I still have the same house from forty years ago. My son has taken it over and has uh, the six bedrooms, the tennis court, and the swimming pool. <laughs> so, they, my son at the age of thirty, he's he loves it, and I I, I always wanted a beach house. So uh, when when the one came up that I really liked, me and Margot went over on a, on a Saturday morning. We signed the contract on Monday for the asking price. I never did that in my life. Pay asking price for for, for anything. What was the what was the attraction of being in the Hamptons versus some other place you might have gone Jersey Shore or Catskills wherever? What why did you come here? Well, I ended up having a lot of friends out there. Yeah. To me, I love friends. I love people. I I, I can't be by myself. I, I, I if I have to go by by myself for dinner, I, I have a heart attack almost. <laughs> I mean, I I need people to talk to. I need I enjoy people. I love people. Yeah, and they're all, and they're all and they're all out here. A lot of them are, and yes. um, I have this. I have the same problem. I always feel if I'm in a restaurant and eating by myself, people are looking at me and like, "Poor guy," or something. Doesn't have any friends, <laughs> right? That was something. What is your favorite things to do when you come out here besides just have everybody over? And well, uh, you know, I uh, you got to have dinner on a Saturday night. You have to. Uh, you know, I, I go to church on Sunday morning, light a candle and pray for all, all of us. Uh, and then I go to lunch after church. Uh, I love to be in the pool on Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon, dinner Saturday night. Sunday night, dinner, not as much unless I have to. Uh, we try to do all the charities and get to see a lot of friends that we don't see normally. Uh, and the money doesn't mean anything. It just... Uh, we we just like to help people and getting to know people. I I should tell everyone that you were a big help to the 
Bridgehampton Child Care Center, which I'm on the board of, which helps the disadvantaged children by actually restoring a building on the property some years ago. And that was quite a, quite a thing. And we've now grown exponentially uh, and, and I'm still on that board. And I always, in fact, that building has, is called Margot's Cottage, as you know. Yes, Margo, Margo is here with me. And, 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 and Margot's yeah. oh, Margo Cottage, she loved that place. She yeah. loved what you were doing with children. And I want to you know, thank you from my bottom of my heart for getting oh, us yeah. We, you, well, we recently completed and are now occupying a 7,000 square foot main building on that property. And Margot's cottage anchors the far end of the campus. It's a, it's a, has a, like a, I guess a, a green there and it's six acres and it's just a wonderful place. And I, I, I always thank you for that. I still and do. And when we come out there this fall, we're going to come out there. I love my son, even though he's 30 years old and my daughter. They love to go pumpkin picking and they love to go uh, out there. So I'll be out there this uh, this fall, a couple of weekends. We'll we'll stop by and see the cottage too. All right, and thank you for thank you for your time and being on this podcast. And uh, I love you, John, and and uh, Margot too. And uh, we'll talk soon. Bye -bye. I look forward to it. God bless you and and God bless America. And you know why I go to church on Sunday mornings. I light a candle because we need God's help right now. I sure think so. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.